Hello out there and welcome to episode 8 of the Spirit Box podcast. Um, this episode is called Was Was, the Whispering of Demons. And it's looking at the Christian and Islamic cases for spiritual intrusion. What in the Islamic world is called Was Was and what in the Christian world would have been referred to as obsession. So I look at kind of defining what the symptoms are and then I give some historical cases, particularly in the Christian framework. And then I map that against the work of Emanuel Swedenborg, and then in a more modern context of Jerry Marzinski, who is a, a medical professional, and his experiences over the many years of, of treating those with schizophrenia and the various different um, really, really challenging mental health issues, and where he came to believe that actually something external was at work, that this was not all an internal thing, within the individual's mind that actually this was something external that wanted something from us, some kind of sustenance. Now, uh, you'll often hear that referred to as things like louche or, or the energy drain. I talk about that too. So there's uh, a lot to unpack here. I hope you enjoy the lecture. I'll leave the link below to the original presentation on YouTube and then all the source material. So that's all from me. I um, hope you guys are all surviving lockdown out there and doing okay. I know it's a, it is a bit of a crazy time, but um, we'll get through it. Take care and talk soon. Hi everyone, uh, this video is about was was, um, the whispering of demons. So just to orientate the listener, I'm going to go back and forth between the Islamic and Christian thinking around the concept of was was, as there is geographically, theologically and ontologically very similar territory between the two religious systems. As such, for the title of this lecture, I've used the Islamic term was was in place of the Christian term obsession to describe the experience itself, but used the Christian uh, slash Western term demons in place of jinns to illustrate the universal aspect of this experience. I'd like to point out that this is, is not to diminish either faith, it's simply to illustrate the parallels and offer a good reference point for my listeners. There's some very obvious parallels between was was and um, essentially what we would describe as mental health issues. I would ask for the duration of this lecture that you park your assumptions and keep an open mind as we explore this subject. So what is was was? It's the whispering of lies and temptation from demons or devils into the ears and hearts of human beings. It's being besieged a demonic attack that is to some extent interior but falls short of possession. A way to obtain knowledge about the hidden world of Al-Gahab, inspiration, as it would be through jinns or supernatural knowledge. Any thoughts that challenge the teachings of Islam or one's faith in God. So why is it important and why am I doing this lecture? Well, essentially, 
spiritually speaking, this is the starting point of demonic or interference by evil spirits or jinns um, with, with human beings. And to give it some context, think about the last time you were walking or, and all of a sudden just an awful, just revolting thought just, just pops into your mind. Like you're walking over a bridge and all of a sudden you just have this thought just pop into your mind and tell you to jump. Down to the small things, just constant negative repetition, just constant drip, drip, drip of negative views of yourself. Just those constant terrible, terrible things you think you're saying to yourself. Well, was, was an obsession is the idea that you're not actually saying these to yourself. It's, it, it is an external force intruding on you um, and, and constantly trying to grind your sense of self down via was, was. So what are some of was, was symptoms? Now, I've collected these symptoms from Islamic and Christian sources uh, online, and I'll put the links in the video notes below. Um, and some of them, I've, I've paraphrased them as their translations. Um, we don't make full sense in English. Um, but what's clear here is was was covers a, a, a real spectrum of issues from having the aforementioned intrusive thoughts true to hearing voices. After prayer, being unable to remember if you've prayed or not. Worrying your worship is not complete. Worrying your clothes are not clean and constantly changing them. Spending a long time washing yourself. Wanting to clean and remove tiny things that cannot be seen by others. Asking strange questions. Asking strange questions and displaying strange behavior. Thinking thoughts that are not you. Experiencing sudden depression. Having suicidal thoughts. Your pets are acting differently around you. Your close friends are questioning your thinking and behavior, having fits of anger or rage that are unusual for you, feeling hopeless, feeling extreme tiredness, not being able to do what you know is good or right, feeling like you're being pulled to do the wrong thing, feeling like you're being pressured to do something you don't want to do, hearing voices or thoughts in your head that are negative, persuasive and commanding you to do something, having very lucid or frightening nightmares. experiencing sudden and unexplainable anxiety, having creepy or scary feelings, presenting severe personality changes like fear or wanting to be isolated all the time, feeling that in an area like your home there is something heavy, depressive and oppressive, feeling like you're under attack or threatened, finding it hard or impossible to pray, finding it harder or impossible to spend time with Christian or Muslims brothers and sisters, doubting your faith and beliefs, having repetitive, intrusive, highly negative thoughts. To the atheistic or empirical mind, these symptoms can seem at best mild and, and innocuous and at worst linked to serious mental, mental health issues, attributing them to religious concepts in simple terms that any thoughts that are non-Islamic or non-Christian are simply the work of devil can really just seem laughable. Um, I, I would wager that the majority of this audience would interpret these symptoms as nothing but an internal event within the individual. That is, not interference from an external spirit, but mental disturbance. But an often missed side effect in the advances of Western medicine and psychology is that we have desacralized ourselves and our world. We've pathologized experiences of the divine and demonic alike. 
visions are attributed to syndromes like Charles Bonnet syndrome. Intrusive voices are schizophrenia. Now, I'm not suggesting these health conditions are not real. They, they clearly are. But perhaps there is the possibility there may be more to a condition or another way of explaining it. The desacralized Newtonian worldview means that even exploration of an idea, of the idea of entities, is, is a modern heresy. Added to this, the addendum of was-was to religious doctrine compounds this stance, and not without reason. What is compelling is the theoretical question of the reality of what's actually happening here and why. I'll return to that at a later point in this lecture. I thought it would be useful to um, give some historical commentary. Um, this picture is a detail from the famous Orvetto fresco by Lucas Signorelli. Uh, the picture at the start of the lecture is also a detail from the same fresco. Now, what I wanted to point out in this section of the lecture was the impact was was in its widest sense has had in our culture and how it has been at the center of some of the more cataclysmic events in the Abrahamic world. Events that still influence our lives today, whether or not we believe in was was or indeed practice any of the Abrahamic faiths. Now, one of the big ones, obviously, is you, you, you would think would be Christ's experience in the desert is, as an obvious example of was was. Now, I don't believe it to be relevant, particularly to this lecture. Um, why I don't believe it to be relevant is Christ knows what the devil is. He's aware that this is a dialogue. Um, and more importantly, Christ is a semi-divine being. So it's a bit more of a level playing field. So I thought I'd start with one quite famous example of was was the great deceiver and the expulsion from Eden. So we're still, we're still dealing with the impact of this one. It is, of course, the deception of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And I have here a quote from the Quran, a quote from the Bible. But the shaitan made an evil suggestion to him. He said, O Adam, shall I guide you to the tree of immortality and a kingdom which decays not? And from the Bible, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall she touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. And here we have a Christian depiction and an Islamic depiction of the same scene. This on the left here is by William Blake, The Temptation of Fall of Eve. On, on the right is The Expulsion from the Garden by Al-Hakim Nishapuri. So on the right there's are the characters from Adam's Fall as Adam, Hawa or Eve, Iblis, the serpent, the peacock and an angel, probably Ridwan who guards uh, paradise. Anyway, acting on this was was Adam and Eve condemn all humanity to face their personal battle with um, was was and impression and oppression. Saint Francis, this is a little known one. Uh, this is the quote from the book The Mirror of Perfection, um, which was written by Brother Leo of Assisi, uh, Saint Francis' companion. If the friars knew how and what grievous tribulations and sufferings the demons inflict on me, they would be moved with pity and compassion towards me. And he's talking about his personal experiences where it was once. The image here is by uh, Benozzo Gozzoli. 
and it's St. Francis expelling the devils from Arizzo. This is the million dollar question, are the voices real? Uh, the gentleman in the picture here is uh, Jerry Mazinski, and he worked for he, 35 years as a psychiatrist in mental hospitals and prisons in the US. And he states that these thoughts, or was-was, happen to us all sooner or later. And this is a quote from him. Their presence of invisible worlds are constantly affecting us all. N nowhere does this become as apparent as, as in the study of the voices schizophrenics here. After 35 years of frontline clinical experience in both state and private psychiatric hospital settings, as an in-depth study of these voices left no conclusion other than they are not hallucinations as psychiatry or their pharmaceutical colleagues insist. These voices are very real and that we are being done a grave disservice in being sold the falsity of chemical brain imbalance as their cause. The information found here may be only may be the only study done on these voices which etch themselves into the minds of schizophrenics and run a very predictable consistent dangerous and destructive patterns the kicker is they don't just define themselves to schizophrenics they hit us all to a lesser extent yet operate in a similar fashion making us all a little crazy it is well to know of their existence Um, no, I think that's a really, really um, relevant point he makes at the end of that quote. It is well to know of their existence. We have both Islam and Christianity warning us about this. And now we have some um, admittedly few voices in the medical professions supporting this point of view. So here's another quote from him. Think about the last time you were strolling along minding your own business and all of a sudden a horrible, disgusting, revolting thought blasted into your mind to do or say something that you would never do or say, or were even and were even shocked that you would even have such a thought. This has happened to all of us at one time or another. The first thing we wonder is, where did that come from? It came from an outside source that doesn't belong to us and is not part of you. Now, for argument's sake, let's make a simple scale and say was, was, and disruptive thoughts in their most everyday form are one on a scale and full-on possession is 10. In very simplistic terms, to get us from 1 to 10 is a long game, and the entity or entities achieves this by chipping away at one's core beliefs and one's sense of self. Now, the evidence suggests that full-on possession is quite a rarity, but you could assume that was-was is not, that was-was is actually quite prolific. Now, I don't think this model is particularly useful in the sense that it's quite misleading, because full-on possession may not be the end goal at least not the end goal in its entirety. So what did the voices say? Now this is more uh, a work from Jerry Mazinski. The voices never say anything positive, only negative. If the voices are a random chemical phenomenon, they would say positive things at least some of the time. The voices detest formal religion. The voices assist criminals by providing supernatural knowledge regarding their locations people and police. The voices want the individual to despair. Now that third point I think is quite uh, uh, poignant and important because it suggests this affliction is no longer an eternal one, that this is beyond a mental health um, matter as this is external supernatural knowledge of 
experience, events, and places that the individual has no access to or knowledge of. And just like in some of the Islamic symptoms of was was, one of those symptoms is uh, gaining knowledge from al-Ghib. So according to Marzinski, the spirits always respond in the same manner when the therapist tries to help his patients. This applies to all brains, as in the patient's brains, and institutions. They tell the patient, the therapist is crazy, don't believe him. Flee from this place, the hospital. Attack him. Once, one of Marzinski's patients said the voices wanted him to send a message to Marzinski through the patient. You have no right to oppose us. So the entities actively try to prevent treatment. The energy drain. Now this is a quote from Cal Clinic. Um, and it talks about basically the flat line that one gets after an attack. Now, But it's described as through the mental health uh, way of seeing things. Anxiety is naturally tiring. Anxiety can essentially cause both low and high levels of fatigue and leave you feeling incredibly drained. Some people feel tired throughout the day. Others feel tired only after an attack. Now, the energy drain is also described by Marzinski as being something that people experience um, after um, essentially experiencing was-was. That, that particular exchange leaves the human being absolutely exhausted and feeling completely energetically uh, wiped out. So if you make the argument that was-was is real, the voices are real, there are entities, whatever they are, um, preying on human beings. The next question is why? What is the point of this intrusion? Um, this is an illustration from the internet of a devil disturbing a young man practicing Salat. Um, so this is a very small thing. It's a, it's a small everyday thing. It's an individual attack. And in the grand scheme of things, it seems to be kind of not really worth it. You know, when, when we describe uh, St. Francis and we describe um, Adam and Eve, th these are players in the cosmic battle. They're, they're, they're characters, particularly Adam and Eve, of monumental importance. Or like St. Francis, they have skin in the game. What about the ordinary person in the street? Why their intrusion? Now, I looked through some historic books actually written about monks talking about the interference of demons. And ultimately, I think you can get to the same point of why this is happening. So, the short-term objective of demons is to disturb the anesthetic's prayer and de dedication to God. The long-term aim is to incite monks to abandon their ascetic life and lose their salvation. And this is from Miracles and the Miraculous in Medieval Germanic and Latin lit Literature. Um, the harshest assault by a demon is to cause evil and sinful thoughts and misleading visions, which not only disturb an ascetic's full, which not only disturb an ascetic's full dedication to God. And that is referenced in Vita Atoni by Athanasius of Alexandria, and that's written in the fourth century. So the point of both the, both those quotes is essentially to deviate ones from the path, and I th I think you can basically transfer that purpose that intention onto the average human being as well and then this is backed up in, in quranic texts as well allah warns us in the quran that shaitan is a clear enemy and what's he saying here 
You know, uh, Shaitan wants you to falter back into a state of worry and anxiety because he knows this will make your path to Allah much more difficult. So Allah warns us, Shaitan is a clear enemy. And Shaitan says himself, he is the sworn enemy of, of mankind. I will surely sit and wait for them on your straight path. Then I will assault them from before them and behind them and from their right and left. That's exactly what's going on. So just to look at things from a, a further angle, uh, I've got some texts here from the writings of Emanuel Swedenborg. Um, Swedenborg's a really, really interesting chap. Um, he was a Swedish scientist, Christian mystic, philosopher and theologian. He was born in Stockholm and was quite renowned in his day for his contributions to the various fields of natural science. His writings were first orientated towards anatomy, physiology and psychology. And he gained, you know, he, he was quite well known in, in his day uh, for these subjects. But later in his life, he experienced uh, religious crises and began to write about experiences of being in communion with spirit, spiritual entities. He wrote prolifically and uh, produced volumes of text about his experiences and communications with spiritual beings. And he had, uh, I, in effect, he had diarized and written commentary of, of, of hundreds of out-of-the-body experiences. I really is quite a remarkable body of text. And this quote here is from him. Still man does not die, but is only separated from the corporeal part which was of use to him in the world. Man, when he dies, only passes from one world into another. So here's what Emanuel Swedenborg has to say about evil spirits. And you can see the themes of was was are plotted through this. It is the evil spirits around a person who call, who, because we are unaware of them and what they are like, cause us to identify them as thoughts instead. Where human beings believe thoughts, their thoughts are under their own control. Therefore, any who do not want to believe that spirits arouse their, in, arouse their thoughts and their feelings may, if they so wish, believe that their thinking does this. But then it is worse with a person, for in this way we make ourselves to blame. And the next quote. When angelic spirits exert an influence, they waft in like the gentlest possible breezes. When evil spirits arrive, they essentially flood the left side of the brain with dreadful hallucinations and delusions and the right side with cravings. Their influence is like a deluge of fantasies and appetites. Evil spirits never fight against anything but what we love. The more passionately we love something, the more bitterly they fight it. Evil demons com combat anything good that touches our hearts. Evil spirits combat anything true that touches our hearts. As soon as they become aware of something we love, no matter how small or smell out anything dear and pleasing to us, they immediately attack and, tr attack and try to destroy it. In the process, they are trying to destroy the whole person because our life consists in what we love. Nothing could possibly give them more pleasure than to destroy us. Nor do they ever stop trying, even if it takes forever, unless the Lord drives them away. So, there's some thinking about this, um, this kind of challenges, this the spiritual warfare. In that is a part of a sanctioned trial. Now, I'm not going to try and pronounce this because I'm dreadful at trying to pronounce foreign languages. Um, so, this translates as um, spiritual Warfare, written by Lorenzo Scopoli in the 16th century. Um, this leaves us with no doubt that the devil is active in trying to prevent and confuse our efforts to follow Christ more faithfully. 
as it says in Revelation, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. In short, the devil uses tools, people, and events, and demons to test us, but only because God allows it. These tools include spiritual powers that are in us, but not of us. In his letter to Romans, St. Paul makes the startling statement, I do not understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, he continues, but do the very thing I hate. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it, for I do not do the good I want but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but the sin in which dwells within me. So the Bible itself tells us two things about sin. One, it is free and conscious human action for which the individual moral agents are responsible. Two, it is a power reaching beyond human capabilities and leading us to actions that we do not fully understand. St. Paul speaks of sin dwelling within us, and St. Peter is quite straight to the point. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. So um, the Christian thing is quite clear here. It's not an evasion of responsibility to say we contend with powers that are far more than flesh and blood. It is simply to recognize the reality of our situation. But one of the key things here in this quote from St. Peter is the word devour. I think there's a literal element to this quotation, either by accident or tent, in relation to the emotional energy drain that we mentioned earlier in, in the video uh, that's generated by these experiences. There's a lot of thinking that suggests uh, demons and jinn or whatever these, these beings are, are predators and we are their energetic and spiritual prey. That they literally drain us. <laughs> Of our, of our of our spiritual or life energy, whatever you want to call it. So in conclusion, the point of was was is the universal destruction of human beings. The point is to cause spiritual death, to drive people away from God in all faiths, individual or organized, to create human misery through mental disturbance from the everyday was was to more developed and embedded problems, to create energetic food, from such attacks and in doing so to destroy our potential. Now, just to reiterate the point I made at the start of the video, I'm drawing true Islamic and Christian sources along with the mysticism of, of Swedenborg and the, the reflections of Dr. Jerry Marzinski to try and form multiple angles and viewpoints of this particular, uh, of this particular theory whether this is actually happening or not, um, I can't say. But it's worth it's worth investigation. It's always worth um, exploring these subjects further. I think it's worth considering that there is um, external forces that do not want us to achieve our potential. Um, every culture in the world has got some variant of this particular theme. And I, I would say that, that uh, when we talk about either being close to God or being close to Allah, from my perspective, it is, it is easier just, it's just distance to and from um, our, our creator. 
I'm not saying either one is right. I just hope this is a useful video to people. Um, if people are experiencing things like was was, I hope this is food for thought. Um, and uh, I'll be back in a few weeks with a new video at a slightly different angle, uh, looking at cartography and the spiritual meaning behind cartography and models for the world and universe. I hope that will be interesting. And I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, uh, please feel free to give me a like and a subscribe. If you didn't, feel free to leave a comment. And I'm happy to hear your thoughts on this subject matter. And, and more importantly, I'd like my channel to be um, a source of information where it's people are free to talk about these things and, and have an open, informed and, and, and free discussion. That's it for me. Take care.